Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Here is a quick iTalkie promo before we begin. And this is where I recommend that you use iTalkie because it's brilliant, basically. Uh, So here we go. Uh, Speaking in conversation on a regular basis is a vital part of developing effective, functional and fluent English communication skills. I think everyone agrees with that. And it's now easier than ever before to do exactly that, uh, to talk uh, with people, because you can use italki to build speaking time into your routine. You can take lessons from a teacher, have guided conversations with a community tutor, or you can find a language partner. And they're all different ways of getting the practice that you need to get to the level that you want. And italki have a special offer for you, and that is a voucher worth $10 when you buy some lessons. Uh, you can get that offer at teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, or just click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Amber and Paul are on the podcast. Amber and Paul are on another podcast. Paul's a very funny boy. His laugh I very much enjoy. Amber's got a lovely voice. If I could choose an accent, hers will be my choice. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. The other day, right, Amber and Paul came over to my flat to record a podcast. What we normally do is they come over. We we have our lunch somewhere. Sometimes we have it in the local place just around the corner or we get takeaway and we have it at my place. We have our lunch and we chat. And while we're chatting, I'm kind of thinking, I wish I could record all of this because this is all the kind of the sort of stuff, the language that just happens when people aren't being recorded. I wish I could just record all of this spontaneous stuff. Um, but we, we have our lunch and then I set up all the stuff and I get them to start talking and I'm just kind of getting the levels right while they're holding the microphones. And I'm just kind of like getting all the levels set up. Uh, and then uh, I sort of say, okay, let's start. And I press record and off we go. Uh, but often I find it's the conversations before I press the record button that are sort of the most interesting ones. And often I think, I wish I could capture the stuff uh, that we talk about before we actually record the episode. And that's kind of what happened in this one. So we were sitting there, we'd had our lunch and we were sitting there, we were having tea and chatting and getting ready to record something. I was setting it all up. I'd given them the microphones and um, getting the sound levels right. And we just started talking about language. And I think we did that because Paul said that he found it weird that even though he can speak three languages really well, he knows nothing about language itself. He doesn't know the grammatical terms, uh, the rules of what makes things right or wrong or somewhere in between. And we were talking about it and I quickly managed to press the record button and I ended up recording about 50 minutes of us rambling on about language, all totally unplanned and spontaneous. And you're about to listen to it. And uh, this is an Amber and Paul episode, so you're going to hear an unscripted and natural chat between friends. So there might be a bit of swearing. Now, 
Before you listen to us discussing language-related stuff, I'd like you to consider these questions which which are at the heart of our conversation. So just to kind of give you a little bit of focus as you move through this fairly uh, random chat which, which goes in various different directions, here are some questions which essentially we're talking about. We're trying to answer these questions. We don't necessarily have all the answers. But anyway, here are those questions. I'd like you to think about them and just, you know, see if you can find any answers during the conversation. So first question is, what are some common errors that native English speakers make in English? Uh, How do native English speakers feel about mistakes in English, particularly mistakes made by other native speakers? Are some errors worse than others? Um, How does a language evolve? Are errors a part of that process? Has your language or English changed much in the last 100, 200 or 300 years? Is your language or English getting worse than before? Are standards of language declining? And has a language ever broken down and died due to falling standards? Why did Latin die out as a language uh, as well? And on a slight tangent, what is the safest way to cut an avocado? Not particularly language-related, but anyway, it's a good question to consider. If you are about to cut an avocado, what's the safest way to do it to avoid cutting your hand? And then back on track with the language stuff again. How does Charles Darwin and the theory of evolution relate to language development? What effect is technology having on our language? Is it making us better or worse at communicating? Are we better at communicating now than we used to be before? Are we getting better at communicating? And how do you even measure that? Do you know more about English grammar and so on than most native English speakers do? Do you know more about grammar than most native English speakers? Do you know more about English grammar than Paul Taylor? And are you better at cooking than Paul Taylor? And also, are you better at cutting an avocado than Paul Taylor as well? So watch out for answers and general rambling on the subject of those questions as you now listen to our conversation about language. Hello, we're talking about language. Sit down, let's have a chat. Hmm? A bit of a chat, sir. A bit of a chat, yes, Roger, just a bit of a chat. What about, sir? About English as a global language. This is a conversation. Yes. I would like to talk to you. Okay, let's talk. Let's have a quick conversation, huh? What do you think? That's what we're going to do. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a conversation about language. I was going to say, I find it weird that I know nothing about language, yet I speak great languages three languages do you you think that's weird i find it very strange that i like what you just said there sounded like dutch to me we were talking about the split infinitive split infinitives i know what an infinitive is yeah it's just a verb on its own without any conjugation it's like to go to eat to 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 speak yeah uh the split infinitive is is something that happens uh something that sort of native english speakers do which makes other native english speakers all bent out of what's shape a, what's an example of a split angry. infinitive the most famous one is from star trek you know um these are the voyages of the star trek enterprise our mission to boldly go where no one has been before mm. you know and to boldly go okay which you can't sounds do that. much better than just to go where to no go one's boldly been where no one has been before oh, so no. it's where you put a something in between what's the the infinitive is to go yeah and then what's the thing in the middle called uh boldly. it's an adverb Adjects. adverb, adverb. 
So to boldly go, okay. you know, the, the old rule says that you can't split an infinitive and so that's wrong. Mm. Uh, but I mean, you know, that's one example of a grammar rule that gets broken and, that, and people get very sort of upset about <sighs> it and I think it's unnecessary because they don't really realise how language works, that exceptions or things like that are kind of okay as long as the language is still functional. I, exactly. I was watching a pretty yeah. funny series yesterday, which was The Last Man on Earth. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, no, I haven't. And one of the characters in it, she's really funny. She's a comedian and I can't remember her name. But she she was complaining because she was saying, you know, you can't end a sentence with a preposition. Mm-hmm. And uh, and, it's, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's really hard. What's because, a preposition? Uh, with. With, or, of, uh, at, to, on. Little words that go before nouns. They help to add nouns to sentences. And so there was all these sentences he was saying he was saying to her, which ended in prepositions. I can't think of one now. And, you know, having to sort of what reform are you, what them. Are you, what are you looking at? Yeah. Would become t- uh, at what are, you, are you, looking? you looking? Yes, exactly. Clunky. What it felt really at? clunky End to of. change it around. End of. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's still some people who will say... You know, you can't end a sentence with a preposition. And they, they're just being dogmatic. They, they don't really... You know, the reason that they're saying that is just because they like to imp- impose rules yeah, yeah. rather than really understanding the totally. way that language works. And, you know, that's how language develops. It's changed so much over the years yeah. because of exactly that process. That's why, I, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the complete... I'm a, gram, I'm a grammar Nazi Nazi. Or a Nazi of a... Gra- like, I, I hate you're people... A, I hate like people a, who are grammar Nazis. You're a grammar communist. Yeah. Mm. Because I'm, I like for me, language is is uh, the only reason language exists in life is to communicate with other people. So if you can do that, then that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you're saying as long as the message gets across. And it's that's always been the case. And it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna be like, well, you can't do this, do that. It's like, well, a right, hundred years ago, the English that you think you speak so well was 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 crap. It was yeah. it was terrible English yeah. that no, you spoke. But I disagree because Paul, you're a great communicator and yeah. you speak beautiful english and french and spanish and i mean i really appreciate when someone speaks in an interesting or thoughtful way you know they use interesting vocabulary Mm. or it's varied whatever it is you know i I think that's really great so i think it is good to um have but but i think there's lots of options of what's interesting or beautiful or 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 nice and having someone who's just so stuck up on rules i don't know it sort of takes away from the language because to to boldly go Sounds great, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, lovely that, sometimes to have a surprise in language. to you it sounds great. It's subjective though, isn't it? Because uh, clearly some people think it's to go horrific and, and you can't use this. And it's just, I, I'm, but language, it's nice to have a surprise. You know, when someone speaks and you think, oh, I wouldn't have used those words or, oh, you've put them together in an unusual way. So splitting an infinitive is actually, it kind of gives you a few more options. Yeah. Split the infinitive. But do you think that all mistakes are, are are okay then? I mean, do you do you kind of tolerate all errors in in English? And I'm talking about errors made by people who have English as a first language. Do you think they're all fine? All those errors? No. Th- errors that I think are not appropriate. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I suppose it's you you you've got degrees of grammar Nazism. You know, mm. I can't bear any of those like I could of and people think it's of yeah, instead yeah. of an abbreviation of have. I that, mean, that's that's unacceptable to me. That's what I was thinking about because that came up in one of my lessons today. Yeah. So but I, then I, isn't... Yeah. I'm trying to think of another example where we say something now that wasn't... that Like, you know, 200 years ago wasn't correct. But yeah, would have... Like, because it sounds... Because people... It's, it's, it sounds... People, when they say, I oh, would have... 
Uh, we say it like that, so why wouldn't we spell it like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but we do spell it like that. <clears throat> it's apostrophe V-E. No, the point is that, that, that when you say should have quickly, it goes should have, and mm. of is exactly... We also pronounce of like of, of yeah. as well. You know, sort of, yeah. sort yeah. of good. That's why I love Spanish, and I talk about this in my show, that Spanish is... The, uh, it's, it's one of the only languages that you write exactly as it sounds. There's only yeah. one, there's only one n- noise per, wo- per letter. Yeah. And so there's no other way of pronouncing. As, you have mm. to write it as it sounds. And they, they had a, their language used to be like ours, which was a nightmare. And they just went, fuck it. We're going to reform <laughs> the whole language, change it so that you spell it exactly as it's written. Right. I love and, Spanish people. And, that's and, a good and, idea. And that's what we need to do with English and French because they're, they're terrible languages to learn. And it like, it, it, you know, languages uh, is communication and it's a shame that you can't like that it takes you so much time to communicate you know if you're learning a different language just going back to that thing about should of and mm. could of i think it might be necessary just to clarify it because um, I, I was teaching that in my class today i was getting my students to uh, repeat some sentences and one of the sentences was like uh what else uh it, it could have been it's something like it could have been something else it could have been something else and i was trying to get them to repeat it could have been something else it could have been something else it could have been something else mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it and then i was like it could have been and um and i was like how do you spell that could have been and they wrote could have been and i was like well done because you know some people you know english speakers mm. write it like this could of like yeah. of and they were like oh yeah you idiots yeah, yeah. yeah. um it's like then and than you know there's a bunch of english speakers native english speakers that say uh, uh they, they mistake than yeah for they, then. they write then instead of than uh right. i'm trying to think of a mm. sentence um bigger than yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Right. Um, uh, that avocado was is bigger now. No, than it was. Yeah, two That's, years ago. Whatever. Yeah, I'm making yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah like they say then bigger than, than the other one. Yeah, bigger than the other one. Right. Mm. Yeah, I mean those sorts of things are obviously not correct, and there's you know potential for not just potential for the language sort of breaking down and it not working because it's not being imp- used properly. Right. But also, it just makes you look kind of bad, doesn't it? Has it has that ever happened? Like uh, it's it like a. Where someone doesn't understand. No, 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 no. Where, where a language is broken down and the whole society's gone to shit because, you know, like I'm thinking that there's oh, a. Right, yeah, it's like, a good point. Do you know what I mean? We're all worried about that. French are worried that the French is getting diluted because of English and it's going to break down. Has that ever happened? And, yeah, that you, a language is broken down, everyone's gone, I don't you, know what to say. You hear, that, you hear that in England all the time. People are going, oh, you know, like texting. Like the way young people write in text messages these days, it's just the death of the English language. And you're you're asking, has a language ever actually? Well, Latin has disappeared, right? Yeah. No one uses but that anymore. It... But it's involved evolved into something else but that we use. Did so... Latin die because people started using it wrong? I think it just evolved because it went into different. It uh, went, you know, the, it, Latin evolved into Spanish, French, Portuguese, right. uh, Romance, uh, all this, all these different languages. So they were using it wrong. So, that, so they were <laughs> well, technically, uh, probably, making yeah, it French. They probably were all using it wrong, and then so Latin as the base language kind of went away. It's like the opposite of um, uh, I can't remember who, which comedian made this joke where he was talking about you know his kids growing up and and you know it, it, friends of his were, parents were worried that the kid because they, he wasn't speaking, he was like three years old. And he wasn't speaking and he was a late walker and all this. And as, like a, as a parent, you're worried about all this stuff. But never have you seen an adult walking around, like crawling on all fours, not being able to speak. Like at some stage as an... I don't know. I have seen that a few times. It's only after the pub. Night, yeah. I, did, I did grow up in Birmingham. <laughs> that explains it. But so it's kind of the opposite of that for me. It's kind of like, well, has a language ever I, died where everyone's like, oh, sorry, it evolves into something else. I think it's right. so slow, the change, yeah. that you'd never find yourself suddenly 
exactly. being at a loss. Because I mean, if you look at old English, like if you read Chaucer or something, mm. it's it's another language. Like you you can't read it; it's mm. completely impossible. Um, but that sort of change is so slow. I suppose it could happen if I mean languages have been actively suppressed, like Welsh was suppressed and Breton was suppressed. Scot- Scottish, and, right? Mm. Scots Scots Gaelic is is that what it's called? Yeah, uh, and so uh, I think some languages have been like, Cornish. As a language, you know, have been suppressed to the point that no one is now speaking them. But the original point was that, you know, when people start using a language wrong, like let's say they start making certain so-called... Is it wrong or wrongly? Uh, Wrong, I would say. Wrongly? I go wrong. Wrong, Yeah, using it wrong. Yeah. Using language in the wrong way. Because you think it's an adverb, like use something badly or... I, I did think that in my head is like wrongly or wrong now nah, just stick with wrong yeah use it wrong wrong, wrong sounds right because there are certain ad- <laughs> very good there are certain <laughs> adverbs that are the same as the as the adjective so ad- you, often you turn an adjective into an adverb by just adding ly or something most of the yeah. time yeah you know like quick quickly you know and, and so on but some of them aren't like uh, fast, fast and fast yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, hard and hard as well because mm-hmm. that's a really common mistake that learners hardly. of English hardly yeah yeah they say I worked hardly oh. well, I hardly worked I hardly worked yeah. yeah hardly worked actually means you didn't work at all you yeah. worked yeah. a small amount it means it, I worked hard oh it's very so strange. anyway what, what, what was I saying yeah we were talking about language with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with if they start using a language wrong right that you know <laughs> it was, was, that right. it's going to get diluted or it's going to die no, the, 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 the reason maybe why Latin um, you know sort of stopped being used is because of the power structure within the Roman Empire no that, that maybe, it, they, yeah. they overextended themselves to the point where the languages were spread over such a, a long a big distance that they started to, ve- to develop these communities of their own mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then once the Roman Empire died and, and the sort of the economic power and the mi- military power went away then these versions of the language like cropped up so it's not that uh, Latin um, failed because people were using it wrong you know what was different no what was different what was the breakdown was the bureaucracy it wasn't yeah. the army it was if if you have a central system you all need to be on the same page you all, and they were massive bureaucrats I mean I think the Romans are the true French you know they're not Italian they're French they love bureaucracy and that keeps everyone speaking the same language through necessity but once that goes away that sort of centralised monetized force mm. which is obviously reinforced by the army um, it becomes just less, you know, you start developing your own language. Yeah. So what it was the difference smaller? between that and like the British Empire and why, the, why is English still being spoken in Canada and in Australia and New Zealand? Is it just not had enough time to... I think it's just because it's, it's just a better language. <laughs> <laughs> because that was a similar sort of... Well, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because I think... Because it, it's the same sort of thing with French and Quebec, right? French and Quebec French. They're both French, but they... It, like, French people have a very hard time understanding... Uh, people like that live in the countryside in Quebec even though it's technically the same language but mm. and it's they for, for French people they speak it completely incorrectly right uh, and you know vice versa so it's a really it's an interesting uh, I, I guess one of the reasons why it's not the same with English is because of the time difference I mean you know the 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 time frame we're looking at between let's say when the British Empire was at its height that was about what just before the first world war probably around that time yeah, sort of Victorian, My terrible, Victorian era, like turn Victorian, of the century, yeah. turn of the century, sort of end of the nineteenth century, yeah. um, and just over a hundred years ago. Um, whereas the yeah. Roman Empire, sort of, you know, uh, rose, years. rose and fell over a period of, of, of you know, hundreds of years, right? Mm. Um, so it's just a question of time, mm. and also communication. I mean, 
you know, now we communicate, it's a lot easier to stay in touch yeah. and travel and, you know, it's a lot more isolated. It's hard to keep a language alive by carrier pigeon. Yeah. yeah. But it does seem phenomenal that something so powerful as the Roman em- Empire and the language could sort of disappear to the point that it's that it's no longer used. Nobody knows how it, how it was spoken either, yeah. do we? We don't know what, what the, the voice sounded what like. What they yeah. sounded like. But even when you look at Shakespeare, I was just watching this, um, I was just watching, I was listening to this program on Radio 4 and it was talking about um, old pronunciations. So there's a very famous scene in Hamlet. I'm sure you know it, Paul. But um, no, there's a very famous scene in Hamlet. No, I'm only teasing. Oh, and, um, and Hamlet says, um, frailty, thy name is woman. So frailty, thy name is woman. So What's weakness, frailty. Frailty is like weakness. Frailty is like weakness. And you know he's very very angry with his mother and um, Ophelia. And it's taken often this sort of idea of like, you know, are women weak? Does, is Hamlet angry with his mother? But if you look at these old, this is what the Royal Shakespeare Company were looking at, at old pronunciations of English, they'd have called it like, frailty thy name is woe man, as in a man full of woe, which is Hamlet. He's a man yeah. who is full of woe. So there's this sort of ambiguity at the centre of the sentence, which can both mean are women frail? Because, you know, Shakespeare is, uh, Hamlet's very much this ambiguous character. Yeah. We don't know if he's mad, if he's sad, you know, all the rest of it. So the ambiguity in the sentence is, are women frail? Is he angry with women? That's still there. But there is also, within the old pronunciation, this idea of woeful men, sad men, are also frail. So when when that was written, you're saying that that line was actually a, a kind of a joke or like a pun? Well, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a joke, joke, but it was it was ambiguous right. in a it, way that a modern audience for a long time have just taken it to be a, a comment about women. Right. Shakespeare may very well have been making a comment mm. about both men and women. Right. And that's just a pronunciation. That's not even, I mean, it's a long time ago, but it's not that long ago. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So a few hundred years, 400 years? Uh, yeah, sort of uh, mid-16th century, I think, mm. Shakespeare, around yeah. that time. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're going through, you know, I think that there's, the uh, right now with the technology, there's another kind of quick evolution of the language, which, you know, if you're not, if you don't catch up with it, or if you don't keep up with it, it's difficult to follow, you know? And sometimes I get comments on on Facebook or whatever with an acronym or something like that, and I'm like, oh, I don't, it's not BRB. Like, I don't know. You know, because when we... BRB? Like, BRB? BRB, that was like the first acronym, you know. Really? No, no, I like know nothing about acronym. BRB? No. Be right back. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, You no. remember that on MSN Messenger? Right. No. That's like, I'm going to go to the toilet. Yeah, it's just BRB. like, I need to go to the toilet. BR, so you just type in BRB. And because that, because I, I grew up with that or I knew that acronym, like, yeah, this yeah. one was like GG. GG? GG. What's that? Means good game. Oh, right. And it basically means well played. Oh. Uh. But people use GG in, uh, mainly in gaming. Like when you, at the end of when you have like a, uh, an online game with somebody, you're like, oh, but people actually just say GG. They don't say good game. They oh, say GG. Really? Uh. And so I, I, and I had to look it up and it, it was uh, it was a good game, which basically was like, oh, well played. You know, like yeah. it's like, oh, that video is funny. Well played. No, mm. GG. Right, they just GG it. I see. Um, so, th- so that's like an evolution of... Not, I wouldn't even say an evolution of language. Just new stuff being added to the language that you know, that, that that makes it complicated. Just like all the words that we that got added, you know, like selfie and all that kind of stuff um, mm. that we didn't have a word for, but we we did it, you know? Right. We used to yeah. have, you know, we cameras and you just turn the camera around and flash and hope yeah. for the best or whatever. Um, but we never called it a selfie. It was just like, oh, let, I, don't, I don't even remember what people used to say. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with like, for example, new words like selfie. I think it's quite useful mm. to, be, to be able to call those things something. Uh, the the. That you know, obviously, selfies themselves are a, a bit sad. Yeah, yep. there's a bit kind of of a, a crap direction for our culture to go in. But having new words to describe them is 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 fine. You say that though, but like even you know, 
30 years ago people were taking selfies yeah i suppose it's just the quantity of selfies yeah. i mean like now selfies are fatal i mean you must have read those articles about yeah. like trying to get the ultimate selfie he got run over by a three-ton truck yeah. and you know or like dropped off the side of a <laughs> yeah, mountain yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when we were eaten in, by a shark we were in california uh, a couple of years ago and uh, one of the rangers in the park was telling us about how people fall off the cliffs every year trying to get the perfect selfie. Yes. They're like these massive drops and they, they're like falling off waterfalls and stuff trying to get selfies. Is that not Darwin's sort of, yeah. what is it? Yeah, the Darwin Award. The Darwin the Award. Darwin Award. Yeah. They're, they're, we're basically cutting out all, uh, speaking all the Speaking of that, I saw, I saw an, I, I, uh, I follow Jamie Oliver on Twitter. and Do you? Uh, Yeah, and he was like, oh. Um, why, why wouldn't you follow Jamie Oliver on Twitter? <laughs> Um, well, I don't know. Just because. Uh, Why are you so surprised by that? Do no, you? What on earth are you following? What is Twitter, Jamie Oliver? Because he's a celebrity chef. I just don't see. Because he posts interesting things and interesting. I believe recipes. you. I'm sorry. I believe and, you. And so, I don't know why. Right, right. I, fe- I don't know the why. The thing today so goes. Outrageous. He goes. Come on, guys. No more hashtag avocado hand. Just put it on a board. And I was like, what? So this is the tweet. And I'm like, avocado hand? What is this? So I clicked on the hashtag to figure out what was going on. It turns out people don't know how to cut an avocado. Meryl Streep has got like a, in 2012 or something, there's a a picture of her uh, somewhere in a newspaper here where she couldn't cut an avocado and she like chopped uh, her finger off. (gasps) She cut her finger on an avocado. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the Darwin Awards. If you don't like, you know, it's it's like they call it middle class menace. Uh, what? Uh, because only uh, only middle class people eat avocados. So. Well, you know, it's right. become big now, the avocado. The avocado's become big. Well, it's, it's, it's big. a sort of superfood, isn't it? You know, delicious right. bobo treat. Right. But you're saying that... The, and there, the, there is often there, and there is often a post-brunch surge in avocado injuries at London St. <laughs> Thomas's Hospital. Oh, my God. <laughs> post-brunch surge. Why? White peop- what white- are people doing wrong? What is that? I, are- I, I think what they're doing is like they're trying... They're holding it in the hand? Yeah, I think... Fools. Well, you've you got to hold it in your hand initially and you cut round it yeah. and then you twist it, you put it on the thing, yeah. you, you put the knife through the stone, twist it and then you're out. Yeah. Do you know a trick to avocados? So I lived for a long time with a guy it. from Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. They know avocados. They, he knows a thing or two about avocados. If you want to keep your avocado, he invented the avocado. He, he invented the avocado. If you want to keep your avocado green, you keep the pip in. And so sometimes he'd make like a guacamole for like later, and he'd put the pip into the guacamole. The stone. And would, the stone. The pip. The yeah. pip. The stone. You're right. The stone. Put it. Put it in, and it keeps it uh, green. Oh, Stops it going brown. No that way. Is another yes. Tip. Uh, if you squeeze uh, lime juice or lemon juice on top of it, not as good as the. As well. Not as good as I'll the. Try, stone. I'll try the pip. tip. If you squeeze lime juice all over it, it will taste of lime. Mm. How middle class are we? Oh. About <laughs> I, I love avocado. that. Yes, uh, I think the best tip for an avocado. Uh, <laughs> Some people don't know how to cut them. So Darwin Awards, yes. That's yeah, so why the, I was so like, the, people... the Darwin Awards, I don't know where it came from. I think originally it was like a book. Because it's, it's a book. Is it a book? The Darwin... <laughs> I don't know. No, I know, obviously I know Charles Darwin and the, the origin of species, but where did that thing, the, the Darwin, Darwin Awards. Awards, come from? I don't know. It's We've got to explain it because, you know, my audience don't know everything that we... They don't, have they, don't same, know they don't know everything. <laughs> no, I mean they don't have all the same reference points as us. Yeah, you know, no, explain it. Are different, you, they come from different are countries. Are you asking don't Google? They? I am. Okay. The Darwin Awards. As, I don't know where it started out, but basically it's this thing where people get awarded a Darwin Award when they die in a really stupid way. Yeah. And so you know, like stupid idiots who are playing on the train tracks and they get killed by the train. That, yep. that's sort of they win a Darwin Award and essentially Charles Darwin as we know right, is, the, book. is the guy who wrote The Origin of Species 
right? And he sort of came up with, I guess he came up with the theory of evolution. The idea that the survival of the fittest and those people who kind of die get taken out of the gene pool. And it's sort of nature's way of, of uh, you know... Evolving. Evolving. Mm. And so uh, when we lose these people in these stupid ways, that we give them an award as if to say, you know, thanks for kind of... Ridding the human race from your stupid genes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because there are a lot of stupid people. Yeah, it started... Um, a project became... It started, they were talking about it in a news group discussions, but then it became more formalized with the creation of a website in 93 and then followed up by a series of books starting in 2000. Okay. There's also a Twitter account for the Darwin Award, oh, which, yeah. which I follow, and it's one of those things I regularly get sort of sucked into. Oh, no. yeah. A Darwin Award wormhole. That, that looks Twitter good. Account. I'm the following thing is about now. the Twitter Me account, too. basically they're just fail videos. Why would you what? follow the Darwin Awards on Twitter? <laughs> I just was surprised because I didn't think of you as a chef. I cook. I, I'm a I'm a pretty badass cook. Are what's you? Your, what's your best? Do you know rest- why I don't think of you as a chef? Because why? I've invited you to my house for dinner a number of times. But have you ever? Have no, you ever invited true. us over for you know dinner? You know why? It's uh, I tell you why. Uh, we've never invited anyone to our flat because our flat is a shithole. It's not. I don't I've been care. there. It's lovely. I don't. I, I don't care. It's Abby. <laughs> she's she's too. She because she's, she's a too, woman. Too proud. She's very. She's a woman. Yeah, and a lot of women like French. don't like. Yeah. She's, yeah. But tell her to do what I do. Just shove it under the bed. Yeah, no one will notice. Under the bed. And when I mother passed away we basically she's we basically got three people's lives in our apartment we've got our oh, own yeah. we've got her dad's and her grandmother's because we don't have any other space and your cats and our cats so it's i mean it's it there's boxes everywhere it's a tip and that's why we're still waiting on mm. for, for that for that to event and then and we're inviting everyone over right but it's just it's not because i can't cook can't cook won't cook i don't be- fucking cook then i um, believe you i believe you but yeah i need to uh, uh i i do cook pretty well actually hmm. what's your best recipe can you run us through it? Uh, best recipe is... Uh, what's my best recipe? That I do. What's the most recent thing you cooked? The most recent thing I cooked was... It was a roast chicken. Oof. Go on. like a roast chicken. How yeah, do, you, roast, how do, you, ro- do you have a... Roast chicken did with... Did you put some uh, bacon on? No, I didn't do the bacon. Mm. Uh, but just uh, roast chicken. Very simple. Just uh, the chicken. Uh, and then... Uh, roast? You roast it. Roast it, <laughs> roast it basically. Uh, get a chicken. Roast it. <laughs> rub it in olive oil. Rub it in olive oil in uh, salt and, and pepper. Yeah. Uh, cut a lemon. Shove it inside... It's ass. It's ass with a couple of herbs and uh, let it roast for like an hour and 20 minutes. What, what temperature are we looking at? Uh, I think it was, uh, I think you, I think it was 210. I can't okay. remember. Yeah. 200 maybe? Just open? Degrees. Just in an open? Yeah, just, like, uh, just in, a, in a tray. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. Have you got, uh, you got your roast chicken technique? I know how to roast a chicken, yeah, but I cook mainly vegetarian food. All right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I see. So that's how I roll. Darwin days. Award. There we go. Darwin Awards on Twitter. Do you cook, Luke? Yeah, I, I like to cook. Yeah, I cook more and more since I came to France. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my roast chick. We bought a slow cooker, which is brilliant. Is it? Oh yeah, really good. It's just uh, it's just there next to the kettle. Ah, is that a cookbook minute? Is it what is that what it is? What is yeah, a slow a, cooker? A no, it's just minute? it's just basically like a hot pot. And it's it slows it, it cooks very slowly over like a period of eight hours. That sounds delicious. You should do a boeuf bourguignon. We do. We do boeuf bourguignon because mm, that's all the time. what you need a slow cooker yeah. for that. Yeah, and um, you can do a, a roast chicken in it. You stick the chicken in. You you two uh, days later. You you you, you <laughs> stick loads of garlic into it uh-huh. and lemon and uh-huh. and herbs, and then you put it on like you know high for about six or seven hours, 
and it just cooks really slowly. So the thing is, the thing about a slow cooker is that none of the moisture leaves. So it never dries it out. It never dries out. You can just cook it forever and ever and ever, and it just never goes dry. And um, so you cook it for like seven hours like that, and it's just like super moist and amazing. And then you put it in a in the oven and you brown it yeah. in the oven for a bit, and it comes out just just unbelievable. It just falls apart. That does you know, sound you don't delicious. Need to, you don't even need to uh, carve it with a knife. Just yeah. look you at it. You just tear the meat off. It just falls off. Oh. It's incredible. We're all going to be getting one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we were talking about language, right? Yeah. yeah. We're talking about uh, <laughs> uh, abbreviations that you get in text messages. Yes. Um, like, for example, lol, uh-huh. which is the most famous one, laughing out loud. Uh, my mum uses lol, but she thinks it means lots of love. Yes, lots of, and, and lots of older ladies do think yeah, that. Yeah, So, she, and she persists in using it like that. So she'll write text messages to me going, oh, you know, can't wait to see you at the weekend, lol. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why are you laughing? What's do, funny about that? Do you know what? I held my, you know, I'm very bad at spelling, like homophones, you know, two words that are spelt differently, but sort of sound the same. Yeah. Ah. And um, now... And I'm, I'm really bad at spelling and I teach nine-year-olds. I'm always having to look things up beforehand because it's, it's awful. But now on my phone, if I type it, sometimes the picture will come up. Oh, yeah. You know how like on an iPhone, oh, yeah. you'll, you'll type and it also give you the icon. Like if you want to, if you wrote car, you know, a little car. Does it? Yeah. Yes. You don't have that? Yeah, you do. You do, you just what? never noticed. What the? But sometimes, because I was going to say with the LOL, the little the sort of like laughing face. Oh, so when the text goes orange, you've got the option to turn it into a picture. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, you tap on the word and it shows you the little, oh. like, like if you if you type in yeah. car, like car or cat. Sorry, cat. I put in cat. It oh, gives you the thing straight away. Or if you put uh, what else can you put? Because Gira- if you giraffe. put lol, giraffe. I don't think if you put an lol, you get sort of little face laughing. So that's what I was going to yeah. say. Like oh, your mum right. should be alerted to her error with that because that also alerts me to when I've made a spelling mistake sometimes because I see the wrong icon so you I'm learn like, English oh. by oh wow that's <laughs> oh. it's a new level do of learning think, English <laughs> do you think the, do you think the technology is going to kind of uh, change the language I think it already change, has, change it? our language or the way we speak. English. I think it changes the way we speak. I think how we use language, and I mean, certainly how we write has changed. When I first moved to France, you had to write a handwritten letter to get a job or nearly yeah. anything. And I think finally, I mean, this was, they kind of hold on to things for a really long time, but they take handwriting very seriously and writing. And I think that is important, but we now never write you know you don't really write a letter mm. or I, I disagree I think we write now a lot more than we used to really? no but we yeah, type think about the amount that we oh you mean uh, I'm talking writing with a pen writing with I do your think hand. we communicate through writing yes. more yeah. because like I te- like I'd much rather text than phone but um, yeah you but you're not writing out things not, longhand not by hand yeah yeah yeah. so yes I do think technology will change how we write because we're writing in a different way yes a radically different way yeah there, there's um, there is that argument that some people have I remember I had a, uh, this conversation with someone and uh, she was going oh yeah like the way young people text these days like it's just the death of the English language just like what we were talking mm. about before but actually uh, the way that people uh, use abbreviations in text messages and the amount that people write these days is actually evidence of how people are more literate than they used to be also- and, and and being able to make those abbreviations like you know see you later mm. You know, it's C-U-L-8-R. Apparently, uh, you need to be able to know how to spell and know the right language in in order to be able to abbreviate it in the first place. And the other thing is also that um, 
And the other thing is... <laughs> One more thing. He's turning into his BBC voice. <laughs> um, the other thing is that... Um, uh, uh, that people have been abbreviating English for for centuries. That there's examples of you know written letters and things from you know years and years ago where they've written loads of abbreviations too. Yes, like, well, especially if you're writing longhand, it's yeah, exhausting. They're full of yeah. abbreviations. But abbreviations. I mean, Twitter is what 140 characters. To find the best, funniest, most accurate in a short amount of time really means people think people say oh people aren't thinking about what they're writing but I disagree in mm. this respect as well people are really thinking about it they're trying to think of something funny they're trying to think of something clever they're trying to find the exact words because they've got no extra space they can't use 300 words they can only use you know those Wouldn't 140 characters great? oh I've just had a great idea for a video sketch you know like uh, uh, we've been uh <laughs> Drowned in French politics for the last year in France, yeah, uh, and you just hear all the bullshit discourse that they're all of them are saying. All the candidates say blah blah blah. Wouldn't it be great if they were forced to do like an Instagram video of their of their thing? Because yeah. then you'd, you've only got like ten seconds or fifteen seconds on an Instagram story. It's like have a debate via Instagram story because then it only lasts eight seconds. You can't be blah. <laughs> if somebody answers uh, ask a question, hmm, what is your current uh, position on the, the eurozone? Blah, blah, blah. 20 minutes later, the question still hasn't been asked, answered. I'm just like, oh, I want to kill these people. But with your 10-second Instagram thing, all they'll do is, uh, the economy, uh, I'm going to make it better. Thanks. Yeah. But at least, at least that's a, at least I it's think, something. At least I it's better than what they're just right. being like. Well, actually, if you currently look at the way the Brexit is happening, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So what are you actually going to do? Well, actually, shut up. Yes. So but be, maybe they would think more, so as it, you said, Ambrose, and have to reduce, you know, because they know they've got 15 seconds to answer a question. Pow, they're going to know. So the technology is mm. sort of making people more concise. Do you, think it's, do you think it's helping us to be better communicators or, or is it making us worse at communication? I think there's a backlash. You know, I think there's that, I think technology with email, like it wasn't there and then it's become so ubiquitous and like so heavy. People are writing emails all the time and then people get stressed and swamped. So I think now, I don't know because I don't work in business, but I think people are now becoming a bit more reticent about just sending an email, copying everyone yeah. in. You know, people are a bit more savvy about how to use technology because I think it can be incredibly stressful to have a billion emails and yeah. you do lose things. So, But are we better communicators? Well, I think what, I think what Paul was saying. <laughs> Skip the question. That, yeah, that was well, uh, that I was the politics answer. What, what Paul was saying is that like, it's are we better communicators? He he's angry because it's not about how much they're saying, but it's about whether we can trust them or not. So it's our. But he's, what, he's, is what we're saying. He's annoyed better? about the politician who goes around the houses avoiding the question. Yeah. Like for example, if I said to you, Paul, if you're a politician, I said to you, what about the uh, three hundred thousand uh, pounds worth of. Uh, uh, Fred Perry shirts that uh, <laughs> that you've been given. Uh, how do you account for this? Don't you think that uh, you know this is an indictment against you as a candidate for this uh, for this uh, prestigious position that you accepted all these uh, these t-shirts? Why is it an indictment? I don't understand. Well, you know, someone who has questionable links to sporting company uh, clothing companies. Um, you know, it sort of brings into question your objectivity and your impartiality uh, in a public in a role of public office. How do you uh, how do you answer these uh, these <laughs> allegations? Yeah, uh, great. <laughs> yeah, clothes. It's nothing to do with politics. Okay. Okay. You should go into politics. That was quite good. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Just clothes. Nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know why they they always 
I mean, it's not only politicians either. It's you know whatever anybody who's who's interviewed by anybody. What 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 did we what was we were saying? Do we communicate better? Yeah, yes. we better communicate. We communicate as... more, but is it better? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Really, but I mean. <laughs> how do you how do you measure that? How do you how can you I know, know how, if, if, if we're communicating better, communi- better or not? Communicating with whom? Whom? With whom? Who? With whom? Who or whom? I don't know. <laughs> that's why she whom? let. That's whom why she let the oom those... linger. It was like whom? Yeah, because you were like if we're communicating with whom? Because mm. whom isn't it? It's whom. Technically, uh, it's whom, but who is also fine. Well, the whom is another. Do you think the band or? had uh, this question? <laughs> Sorry, the whom. The whom. <laughs> you were like, should we call ourselves the who or the whom? <laughs> Imagine calling yourselves the whom. <laughs> most pretentious rock band ever. Talk about talk about the rock. The band. most upper class rock band ever. The whom. <laughs> yes. I think we're fine. We're... It's the whom. Hello, hello, America. <laughs> we are the whom. Whom. <laughs> With whom are you speaking? Correct. Yeah. So we're just talking about the, the making fun of the rock band, which is called The Who, and imagining if they were called The Whom. <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing about who and whom is a question that we probably need to answer because my listeners are going, actually, I don't know that one. Do you know, do you know when we use no. who and when no, we use whom? I, I never I use whom. Ever. No. Well, you can, you can easily go through your whole life without having to use whom. You don't need it anymore. Okay. It sounds old-fashioned. Good to know. Thanks for that. Great. So, listeners, there you go. There we you go. That's basically it. But they, st- <laughs> they still want to know, don't they? Yeah. The difference yeah. is whether who and whom are both pronouns, and there's subject pronouns and object pronouns, right? The subject is like I, you, we, she, right? These are subject pronouns. Object pronouns are things like me, also you, uh, her, him, right? So, who is t- actually the subject pronoun? And whom is the object pronoun? All right. Now, uh, subject pronoun... Well, it cleared that up, didn't it? <laughs> the subject, subject is, the, is what comes first in the sentence. Then you have the verb and then you have the object. All right. For example, I eat pizza. Right. <laughs> I is the subject. Eat is a verb. Pizza is the object. Right. Mm. Now, if you, if you have I, uh, I like her. Right. I is the subject. Like is a verb, and her is the, is the object. If you switch it round, it becomes she likes me, right? right? So she is the subject, likes, again, is the verb, and me is the object. So I is the subject, me is the object. She is the subject, her is the object, right? So you would say, whom do they like? Yes. Rather than who do they like? Who, yeah. And it's Jesus like, they Christ, like... did you actually understand something? Yeah, yeah. Well, once you started giving the examples, I was like, all right, okay. Yeah. It's like, she likes who? But whom does she like? Yeah, exactly. So if you, if if it's an object question, pow, C two. Yeah, well yeah. done. If it's an object question, which is like she likes who, questions about the object, then you you structure it in that way. Who does she like? But the old fashioned way would be whom. So that's what I like? say. Whom am I speaking to? To whom? To whom am, am I speaking? speaking? I know I can use whom. I don't think I've. Sounds like a brand of a Hoover. I don't know why. Whom the Whom three thousand? The new Whom three (laughs) thousand collects all the dust with no bags. (laughs) Collects all the dust and then throws it all over the floor in another part of your apartment. The new Whom three thousand. It's the subjective Hoover. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
Okay, well, great. You were about to say something then, weren't you? About whom? You can, you're like, I can use whom? I can know I'm saying I can, I feel I can use whom most of the time. Do but, you? Um, do I use whom? Yeah. I just did, didn't I? I do what sometimes, but I What was the, how did we start that? Because we were saying, do we communicate better? Yeah. And I said, oh, depends who d- with whom we are communicating. Yeah, it, it depends with who or with whom we're communicating. I'd say just say who. You don't need to yeah. use whom anymore. It sounds old fashioned. <laughs> or you could do that. Unless yeah. you're an owl. <laughs> If you're an that owl. song would be very different when whom are you? Whom 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 whom? But no, who are you is correct because who yeah, is no, the subject? I, I, it was a joke. Oh, sorry. Fucking language oh. police over sorry. ruining sorry. a joke. Sorry. <laughs> Have you Don't ever... let good grammar get in the way of a good joke. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. So yeah, are we better communicating? Are we better at communicating than we used to be? I I, I, How do you measure it's, that? It's very hard to tell. Have you read mm. uh, recently? Have you read a book from the sort of the nineteenth century? You've read loads of them, Amber Minogue. I have. Paul, have you ever read a book from no, the nineteenth century? I've never read a book. <laughs> Bullshit. You read, <laughs> read the Naked Chef, and he read uh, the Goosebumps series. It's <laughs> at least two, and the and, and the autobiographies of certain. Uh, uh, I have read leaders. a lot of. I had. I've, I've, I've read a lot of nonfiction. I've never read any fiction. Okay. Well, uh, if you read stuff like Arthur Conan Doyle and uh, even things like Jane Austen and stuff, the way that they constructed their sentences, the way that they used to write in this really, really sort of specific and very kind of articulate way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the way that they would address each other. Uh, I wonder if I've got a, an example book here. Just give me Can a second. Can we have a look? Uh, no, that's all right. I'll get one. Amber, why, 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 so you, you were saying that you like um, the, like people with the use of language, and we were talking about Russell Brand earlier on. Oh. <laughs> uh, Russell Brand, for listeners, uh, is an English comedian who um, who has a way with words. He uses very specific words, and it's not he doesn't speak like a normal person. Uh, no. And he's the the interesting thing. He's from a very working class background and has a similar accent to mine. But he uses these big words. And and what is your opinion on on well, on his use of language? Well, I think I I applaud anyone that uses interesting and diverse words. I think it's great. I'm you know I love looking up new words. The thing about Russell Brand is it's 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 not the words. It's him. It's the whole package because his accent's not like yours. He sounds incredibly mockney. I mean, I've never heard anyone speak like him. I I'm from London, and you know he's from Essex, isn't he? And no, yeah, Russell but you Brand. meet all Russell you meet Brand. all different people, and he, it's just that he sounds like a sort of guy from you know a hundred years ago like he's kind of got this accent which sounds really false and then he combines it with this like oh i'm just like you know i'm just really working class me um but then uses all these incredibly long complicated words and it's just it uh, It sounds a bit like a sort of a victorian chimney sweep yeah he sounds who who ate a dictionary for breakfast exactly And he's, he's like, oh, I have enough. Come on over, all uh, um, scatological on the in the midst of the conversation or something. I can't. Do yeah, it. exactly. Can't he do sounds it. false, and yeah. because he's got this accent, which is literally from Mary Poppins. He sounds, yeah, like a chimney sweep. Right. Go on then, give us a burst. Okay. Well, I've I've just picked up uh, the Lost World and other stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Lovely. Uh, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes books as well, of course. And I'm just trying to. I'm trying to give you a, a sample of the English that they used to use. I hope this is going to do it. So, um, what will they say in England of this? My dear Summerlee, I will tell you with great confidence exactly what they will say in England, said Challenger. Challenger is the name of one of the characters. They will say that you are an, inf- you are an infernal liar and a scientific charlatan, exactly as you and others said of me. 
in the face of photographs, faked, summerly, clumsily faked, in the face of specimens, ha, there we may have them. Malone and his filthy Fleet Street crew may be all yelping our praises yet. August the 28th, the day we saw five live iguanodons in a glade of maple white land. Put it down in your diary, my young friend, and send it to your rag. I don't know, just the way that they used to speak in this. Mm. Very, everything was like very clearly uh, put into words. You know, it's, everything's very, very carefully and clearly stated. Everything in, indicating exactly what they mean to say with every single word. Don't, or is that just the writing style? But I, I think people used to uh, speak like this. Potentially, yeah. What, they, what, what, what will they say of us? You know, it's not something, it's like, what will they say about it? You know, you, right. you wouldn't say, what, what will they say of us? I suppose there's a bigger gap between the Arthur Conan, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's level of literacy compared to the chimney sweeps as well. There was this much greater space between everyday conversation. Mm. If you look at sort of a, a book which is trying to show how people, working class people of the time would have spoken, right. it would have been a very different like a kind Charles, of language. Charles, bit of Charles Dickens yeah. or something. Exactly, yeah. Right. If you get a sort of Oliver Twist and you see how Bill and Nancy are talking. How are they talking? Well, I suppose, um, well, Bill's really sort of this aggressive, violent guy and he, he beats Nancy to death, who's a sort of, you know, tart with a heart. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, everyone knows. Um, and and he's just, I don't know, I think he's just really gruff and very sort of, because Dickens has got this great way of writing, but I think Bill Sykes, you know, he's very gruff, you know, these short sentences, I don't know off the top of my head. Is, is he a bit like Mr. Burlap from uh, the he's a bit Burlap, Victorian yeah. detective? He's a bit Burlap. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember that? How can I forget? Paul's forgotten because <laughs> ev- after leaving this apartment, after recording an episode, his memories gets wiped. <laughs> he meets Mills. M- Mel oh, yeah, that was a, that was a great game. <laughs> I remember the that Victorian now. detective. Yeah, 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 that was quality. Yeah, that was good. Yes. All oh, right, that was such fun. Yeah, anyway. There's I'm more like a of those. Two-year-old now. That was good. <laughs> that was, it was Come good. On, <laughs> um, so I feel like in the past people had this very clear way of, of, of speaking, but maybe it's just some of the books I've been reading. Um, but it still does, yeah, it still doesn't answer the question whether we're better communicators or not. I don't know. It's, it's I think everyone just each generation has their way of talking to each other uh, and communicating things, and I think there's it, you know that. You can't. Ju- you can't. There's no way of measuring if we're better communicators or not. Because yeah. what? What's the? What's the criteria for? For the criterion for? Um, <laughs> well, because it's more than one, right? Right. For 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 successful communication. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's it's very good. Good point. We don't know. We, yeah. it's very hard to tell because may, now we we probably communicate more than we used to. Between yeah, I think that's I think we communicate more. I don't know whether it's more, whether it's whether we can, whether it's better or not. You know. Yeah. Well, depends who you're talking to, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. If if the person's boring, then it's worse. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Do you feel like we've we've dealt with the subjects of language? I because do. We've, I think we've wrapped up we've language. Talked about it for forty five minutes. Is it black? Yeah, we talked about language for 45 minutes there, completely unplanned. We were supposed yeah, yeah. to talk about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ended up talking about language. So maybe we can just stop here and, and then start again with something else if there's time. Yeah, what let's do, you do think? that. Okay. I think it's a good idea. All right, you know what, actually? You know what? Do you know... Actually, this is going to be an anticlimax because you're not going to know who this is. Do you know Do you know uh, the, the linguist, Professor um, uh, uh, David Crystal? No. You don't know who he is? I've heard of him. You. Oh, have you? Yeah, because I studied linguist, linguistics yeah. and... Yeah, 
David Crystal, I'm getting him on the podcast. Are you? Are you? Yeah, nice. I contacted him. He's going to be on the podcast. I've got a few of his books down there. Very oh, cool. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's great. You can have a proper talk about language. Yeah, he's, he's someone who really knows what he's talking about. I mean, and I mean really. Yeah, like properly. I, mean, I used to know what I was talking speak. about when yeah. I was at university, and now that I've left, it's just, it's all gone. What did you do then at university? You studied languages, right? Yeah, so I did, uh, I did French and Spanish. It, technically, the degree was called French and Hispanic Studies. So there was, it was, and I made, on purpose, when I chose the modules, I chose like the non-culture, the non-art history. I wanted to do more linguistics just because, one, it was easier, and two, it was more interesting. I, th- I thought I'd, I'd, I'd learn more from it. So I learned a lot about... Um, there was a whole thing that we did around Latin and the evolution of Latin from to Spanish, Portuguese, French, and we compared like all the Latin languages uh, mm. and and how you know uh, the the verb être in French, estar in Spanish, but there's an s and that's why there's an accent on the e that? in French because it used to be est ester or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. and so it was just it was it, uh, a lot of linguistics in there, and, and uh, there was a, a class that I did which was pronunciation, uh, and I, I had a book called The Sounds of French, which in which you learn the phonetic alphabet and how to properly pronounce. Oh, right. They I, teach you how to go. Yeah, they teach you how to go. I thought uh, the sounds of French would be like uh, or fun. It's just one page, just going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or as well, which some people do. Here. Oh la la. Uh, uh, okay. Um, all right. So yeah, that's, that's that's that was uh, that's what I did. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what about you? Did you study any language at university? No. All right. Fine. Good. <laughs> English. I studied English. <laughs> studied English. What language or literature? Literature. Okay. What did you read at university? Obviously books. <laughs> obviously. But which uh, bits of work did you read as part Periods. of your? Periods. Well, no. Which actual. <laughs> Books. Which bits of work did you read for which your degree? Books. Yeah. Loads. Well, which I mean, ones? We had like four books a week to read. Good. Four <laughs> a week. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot. I hate. So, I, I used to. I, I mean, I still hate reading. Uh, really? I don't. No, no, no. I don't hate reading. It's not true. But I used to hate reading. I don't know why, because it was like a chore. I think from school onwards, and so I never. Mm. I never. That's why I never did really literature or anything like that for at me, university. For me, I love reading, but I love sleeping even more. <laughs> Which is, that's my problem, basically. Snoozing. As soon as as I start reading, I'm like, oh, this is nice. Oh, comfy. A little snoozy now. Yeah. 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 That is tough. Four books a week. Quite a lot, because I was at Sussex, we did like our main, our main stuff, which was English, and then you were in a school of study. So I was in English and American studies, and then you'd study things around that. So for example, we, we did Dante and the Bible and things like that, and that was part of a subject called the modern European mind. So it was nothing to do with English literature. Lots of different people from different courses could do that. But uh. then, you know, you're looking at, you know, those big poets like Dante, like Homer, like, uh, you know, Virgil, all those, all yeah. those guys. Right. right and that was great. What's your favourite book, Amber? <laughs> I don't have a favourite book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of all the books you've read recently, which one stood out for you? What would you recommend that I read? Ah, oh, well, I've been reading a lot of history books at the moment. Right, well, we, we don't need. I don't need to read that because I can just listen to your podcast. Yes, you can listen to my podcast. But I would say a good book to read um, is Donna Tartt's The Secret History, which is not a history novel. It's a fiction. Have you heard of it, Donna Tartt? It's really good. It's in a book. It's a published book. A published book. It's not a secret anymore. It's not it? anymore. It's really good. I think you can get it on Audible. Oh, can you? Yeah. Audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke. You're still on that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blad. Yeah, man. 
Yeah. Uh, so what's all that about then? Secret history? Secret history. It's, um, it sort of happens in America and it's this group and they're studying like ancient Greek and it all gets a bit wrong and they're all uh, get up to all sorts of naughtiness. Sounds and a bit like Prometheus, the, uh, the alien prequel. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. Not at all. Not at all. It's just my mind drifted towards a- aliens. That's a good book. Let's have a, a cup of tea. Okay. Cup, a cup of tea, tea and a break. Cup of tea and a break. Thanks for talking to me, you two. The rambling conversation about language. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now turned into song. Okay, then. That's when you know it's time to finish the podcast. And goodbye. English. 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 Yes. English. 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 English getting into the comment section and leaving your thoughts. Let me remind you of the questions that you heard at the beginning, just to kind of give you some ideas. Uh, maybe you can answer some of these questions in your comments. So here are those questions again. And uh, what are some common errors that native English speakers make in English? Like, for example, the split infinitive or writing should of instead of should have. Uh, and things like saying I'm good instead of I'm fine. And if that even is considered to be an error. So, you know, uh, what are some common errors? How do English speakers feel about mistakes in English? Uh, are some errors worse than others? How does the language evolve? And are errors a part of that process? Has your language or English changed much in the last 300 years? Is your language or English getting worse than before? Are standards declining? Has a language ever totally broken down and just died due to falling standards? Why did Latin die out as a language? Why do languages die? Um, and is there ever a threat that that would happen to English because people are using apostrophes in the wrong way? Um, on a slight tangent, what is the safest way to cut an avocado? Back on track, how does Charles Darwin relate to language development? What effect is technology having on the language? Are we better at communicating than we used to be? And how do you even measure that? How do you know more about, uh, not how do you know more about English grammar? Um, you just read a grammar book, I suppose. But no, do you know more about English grammar and things like that than most native uh, speakers of English? And I'd like to remind you of an episode I did years ago with my brother. Oh, God, which episode is that? It's something like episode 40-something? Episode 50, maybe? I'm going to just check the archive here and see if I can find it. But I did an episode with James. I think the first... Was it the first time he was on the on the podcast? Um, it's called Discussing Grammar with My Brother. And I'm just trying to find it. Anyway, um, in that one, I uh, got a copy of um, English Grammar in Use, the, um, the famous blue grammar book, and started asking him some questions about things like present perfect and uh, nouns, verbs, and adjectives. And the idea was to see how he... Uh, would sort of respond to those questions as a normal native English speaker. I say normal, I mean, you know, he's fairly normal. He's not completely normal. But anyway, that was the idea. It's episode 53, Discussing Grammar with My Brother. And it's interesting to see how much he knows about grammar. So you could check that one out. It's on the sort of same lines as this. So do you know more about grammar than most native speakers of English? If you listen to episode 53, you can see if you know more than my brother does or did at the time. And do you know more about English grammar than Paul Taylor? 
And are you better at cooking than Paul Taylor? So there are a few of the questions that we dealt with. There were some unanswered questions in there. Uh, you can try and give us your thoughts on those. Like, for example, how do you measure language decline? Are we better at communicating now than we used to be? Um, I think I might be asking David Crystal about some of those things when I speak to him soon. Um, yeah, remember that. I'm going to interview the world's leading voice on language, Professor David Crystal, and it'll be a chance to ask him various questions about language. I've already collected some questions from my listeners and I have loads of my own to ask him as well. Uh, but feel free to continue sending in your questions. Uh, you can do that in the comments section of the website. And um, I'm going to pick some of those questions out and ask him. Okay, so there'll, there will be hopefully some answers to those unanswered questions that you heard in this episode. All right, then. So I hope you enjoyed listening to another Amber and Paul uh, episode there. There's going to be another one coming soon. We usually record two when we get together. So there should be another one coming soon. All right, good. Don't forget to join the mailing list. That's where you can get uh, instant access to the page for every new episode. It just drops into your inbox. Not your inbox. I don't know what that is. Uh, It might drop into your inbox as well, but you probably wouldn't realise because you you probably wouldn't even think of looking inside your inbox because you don't even realise that you have an inbox in the first place. No one's... They don't exist. Do they? I'm going to see. Googling inbox. What is inbox? Uh, Nothing. It's coding stuff. So it does exist, but it's in the world of coding, which is, it's all Greek to me, isn't it? That stuff. Uh, Very important, nevertheless. All right. Anyway, so join the mailing list and uh, um, an email with the link to the new episode will drop into your inbox very discreetly. Just, Just there. Just thought I'd send you an email just to let you know there's a new episode. You know, it's very discreetly done. And it's all good. All right. Thanks again for listening. Speak to you again on the podcast very, very soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.